What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 63. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Small. You excited for some March Madness, buddy? Um, talking about basketball? No, all this March Madness with the trades and stuff. Oh, there Trade we go. Trade deadline. Okay, yep. I know yep. you don't give a shit about ba- college uh, basketball. I don't give a shit about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not really too invested in that either. I usually do a bracket this year. I didn't end up doing one, so. It is cool to see the upsets, so though. I like seeing that when, like, Kentucky gets bounced by some random 15 seed. You really watch college basketball? Yeah, March Madness is huge. Yeah, it's on at like all the bars when you're out. You know, oh, St. Patrick's Day fell on the the opening day too, which is huge. So, um, that's like all that was on the TV yesterday. How about St. Patrick's Day? It's been crazy in Boston. I work on the trains. Yeah. Yesterday and today is just a shit ton of people going into Boston. Like we said yeah. last episode, where we're both like, it's gonna be insane here. The weather's phenomenal today too. I mean, 73 out. That's absurd. It's it's gonna be great golf season soon. We're just itching to get back we're out just, there. We're just waiting. We're yeah. just waiting. We need to get one of those golf carts. The one yeah. you have with like the trailer hitch with the uh, all the beers and sandwiches. Yeah. and stuff. You don't need a cart girl with one of those. You just have the nope. the cart attached to your cart. Thirty six so. holes at Strawberry Valley. Let's go. I could do it. Yep. I'd be down. <laughs> it's only like oh wait no we only do nine. I was gonna say it'd be like fifty bucks. It's like a hundred bucks. That's not bad. It's not. It's not bad if you think about it. Thirty six holes. But I've done eighteen that's a long before day. at Strawberry. Yeah, it's a long day though. Thirty six. Yeah. That'd be a lot. Never doing that again. Yeah. Uh, we got kind of crap weather tomorrow, but uh, Sunday should be pretty good. First year back having the St. Patrick's Day parade in three years. So you're right. It is going to be a nightmare in the city. So mm-hmm. I'll be sure to avoid that. But right, 100%. I made sure to get out there and get my stuff done yesterday. No uh, no more weekend shenanigans for me. Just one and done with St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Love my you Guinness. Got, you gotta, Smashed a million of those. You got you to gotta get it done quick around this time. You know? Yeah. Those Sundays, if you're not into the whole St. Patty's Day parade and drinking outside, just lock your doors and stay in the house and yeah. pray to God everything. You have the food for the rest, for the rest of the week. Yeah, know? I actually had a, a boiled dinner today, too. Corn really? beef. Really? Yeah, corned beef. It's a thing carrots, around potatoes. Here. Yeah, I, I had it, it once. Guilty a pleasure. Years ago, and I hated it. Yeah, not it's not it's not a uh, not something everyone likes. It's an acquired taste, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. But we got some trade deadline news to talk here. We're going to start with uh, the signings and the people that are not actually moving at the trade deadline. Uh, a couple of these teams locked up some guys that they really didn't want to see go to market. So we have the Carolina Hurricanes signing just just Barry Kakaniemi to an eight-year, thirty-eight point five million dollar contract. That's fifty-eight games played. He has eleven goals, twelve assists, and twenty-three points. Dude. Solid. Good Solid. to see him locked yeah. up, man. Yeah. That's like a 4.9 mil contract, I think, something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, AAV. So, pr- pretty cool to see. Good value for him. Good um, move yeah. from Montreal to, to uh, Carolina. And yeah. Carolina right now is uh, they're in the mindset of locking good players up since uh, they become one of the better teams in the league. Yeah, you know? 100%. Uh, the Avalanche signed goalie Pablo Francouz to a two-year, $4 million contract. He has 14 games played this season with a 2.46 and a .920 save percentage. It's a good move. Francois has been like the hmm, has it been like the I guess starter kind of goalie for uh, the Colorado Aval- Avalanche this season, especially with the uh, missing link of Grubauer that went to Seattle Kraken. Uh, they and they, made, they moved on from Darcy Kemper as well, right? Yeah, no. they still have him or no? Uh, Darcy Kemper, he went to. Um, he's one of those goalies that like you could see. So many different, like, I, I see, like, the Arizona Coyotes. I see the Minnesota Wild jersey with them. Darcy Kemper. Okay. Yeah, I think he I think he came from the Wild to the Avalanche, and I think he's still there currently, yeah. But it does list um, Fransu as the starter. 
Uh, Kemper yep. has a 2.41 and a .923, so very similar stats. Um, you know, it's hard to have bad stats on a team like the Colorado Avalanche. I was just telling you, they're 10 points in the lead for um, first place in the West, and they have, I believe, three points over the East for the President's Trophy right now. So. Wow. Um, but it's it's crazy the gap that you see out West. I think it's Colorado and then the rest of the league, personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, San Jose Sharks uh, inked Thomas Hurdle, or Tomas Hurdle, I should say, to an eight-year, $64 million contract, 8 mil AAV, 60 games played this season, 25 goals, 23 assists, and 48 points. Um, definitely one of the top-producing guys for a struggling San Jose team. Um, they're 26-26-8 and eight through the season. Uh, two-game losing streak right now, but Tomas Hartle's a guy that uh, I, I always wanted to see stay there and, and be a long-tenured guy. And I think San Jose is one of those teams that they they like to have longer-tenured guys. You know, they, yeah. they like the Joe Thorntons to stick around for a while, the Joe Pavelski even, yep. um, Patrick Marlowe. All those guys are, are you know, long-tenured. Yep. You have a good, strong core, and I think Tomas Hartle's the next step for them. Yep. They, like, they like the veteran guys, you know. Yeah. They love it. Like, uh, yeah, you're right, all those names and stuff. Um, they are falling apart, though. Remember San Jose? It's like Toronto, where they're, they're just, like, top in the league in, like, the Western Conference especially. And then first, maybe second round, they were just out of the playoffs all the time. Yeah, I don't know what was going on then because you're right. They they were, like, one of the better teams in the league. And then first round exits every year, just it chipped away at them. And then goaltending started to fall apart with Martin Jones and some other, some other names. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're just one of those teams that's kind of playoff-plagued. Would you say they're in the middle of a complete like re re market, you know, rebrand? No, I don't think so. I think that they have the young guys there. They're not rebuilding per se. Um, they're kind of in the middle, like that weird middle phase where we have the guys that we want on our team. We have the guys that are gonna, you know, be part of the next generation. We just need to give them time to develop. We're right. not looking to like move anything or get any new guys in necessarily. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, Want to move on to the uh, trades? Yeah, we got some uh, a few moves moves for the trade deadline here. We're, we're recording on Friday the 18th, which is probably the worst day when you look at the trade deadline of Monday, March 21st. Uh, we'll be we'll be following up uh, next week's episode with anything that happens we're after missed. these trades. It's going to be insane the next two days. Yeah, we're going to miss all of it. I mean, I said it. I think I said it last week. Like the, the five hours leading up to the end of the deadline is really when all the work gets done. Like, yeah. it's very quiet until about, like, day day two or day one in the countdown, like, when you're getting close. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got probably, like, five or six to go over here, though. I'll throw it over to you. Okay. Uh, we have the Anaheim, sorry, the Anaheim Ducks. They traded defenseman Josh Manson to the Avalanche for defenseman Drew Hellison in a 2023 second-round pick. And then we have the Colorado Avalanche traded forward Tyson Jost to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for forward Nico Sturm. I don't know too much about um, either of those trades, really. All I know is Josh Manson's a huge pickup for the Avalanche. He's going to be great for them in the playoffs. Going to provide some grit, some, um, what's the word I'm looking for, almost like sturdiness on defense. Right. You know, a hard body guy that can th- throw the weight around and, and fight if you need to. But mm-hmm. um, I think that he'll really just, you know, solidify their back end. Mm-hmm. I like this trade with Colorado and uh, Minnesota. You, you may, you may look at the players, you, you seem kind of even. I think I'm more lean to the side of uh, Tyson Jost here, I so I think it's a better uh, pickup for the Minnesota Wilds, and I think Colorado, uh, being the team that they are, might be looking for something special that they need to get them uh, in the right direction. And I think Nico Sturm, uh, Nico Sturm might be that play. You know, you got to give up one to 
get something else, you know? Yeah, and I think Tyson Jost, um, as young as he is, uh, Nico Sturm is even younger. So we've seen a bit of production for him. It's kind of like the known versus the unknown, and, and they, I think they see a lot of upside in what Nico Sturm can become in the league. So mm-hmm. it's good for them to get some young blood in. It's, right. I mean, you're not you're not trading too far off from Tyson Jost, but a, as the avalanche, I would think, like, we know what we have in Tyson Jost, and we think that we can get something better out of Nico Sturm, you know? 100%. Uh, the Florida Panthers traded forward Frank Vetrano to the New York Rangers in exchange for a 2022 fourth-round pick. Uh, how do you feel about this? I feel like this is a move to maybe free up some cap space, maybe? Um, I think Frank Vetrano is a good player to add to the Rangers roster in order to try and get that little bump that they might need to solidify um, you know, and maintain the gap and, and to stay in the playoffs because those wild-card seeds and um, – Standings are going to matter quite a bit in a, in a few weeks. Uh, Frank Vitrano is a pretty good player. I mean, a fourth-round pick is exactly what Florida probably needs. Um, I mean, they're just so stacked. They're so developed. Oh, I've heard a lot of rumors. I mean, I, I don't really want to get too deep into the stuff that you see online and the rumors and stuff, but Florida is looking to big, make a big move and make a splash in this trade deadline, too. I, I've heard rumors of uh, Claude Giroux in Philly trying mm-hmm. to go there, and that would be insane. That to, was my to thought that. too. That was my thought too with this move because it's just a it's just picking up a uh, draft pick, which is why I said um, uh, why well, I talked about um, making some you know sort of what I'm looking for here um, some moves money wise where I just like, freeze up some cap space for maybe when Claude Giroux comes in they could sign him. Yeah, I mean it could be like this year uh, Frank Vitrano with the Panthers ten goals nine assists through forty nine games so. Uh, nothing crazy, but I think he'll be a good fit in that lineup in the New York Rangers with like Artemi Panarin and those other young run-and-gun kind of guys. Oh, yeah. um, I did see, too, um, Jacob Truba had a little bromance shout-out to him. Uh, back in November of 2011, uh, Vitrano tweet- tweeted out and said, little silent reading with uh, at Jacob Truba. And they're in like a classroom in 2011, so like 10 years ago. I don't know what, what the hell they were doing. Huh. And Truba tweeted uh, in March. He said, we are so back. Welcome to New York at Frank Vitrano. So that was pretty cool to see. A little bromance like Lucic and Toffoli the other day. Nice. So That's cool. Um, you got me thinking about Claude Giroux. Because uh, didn't he just play his 1,000th game? He did, in, yep. Uh, and the, I think the fans gave him a standing ovation because that might be his last game there. Uh, so I think that <clears throat> move, Claude, a Claude Giroux move, I think, is definitely coming. We just don't know where he's going. Yeah, that that was um, part of the deal. I think he d- wanted to finish his 1,000th game as a flyer before getting traded. So mm-hmm. um, they made sure to get that done before the trade deadline. I think his father came and, and read the lineup before the game, too. That was pretty heartwarming. Oh, nice. And then um, he actually didn't travel with the team to Ottawa. They're on an away, away stand now. So home. they left him home while they finalized some trade deals. But I think probably by the time we drop this episode, he's going to be on the move, which is which is awesome and nuts to see. Mm-hmm. I think I saw that he knocked Boston and one other team off the list, and there were two others, Florida being one of them, mm-hmm. uh, that he was willing to go to. So, wow. And he might have a no-move no clause, but I'm not 100% on that one. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, we got a few more here, too, as well. The Montreal Canadiens traded defense and Ben Sherratt to the Florida Panthers in exchange for forward Ty Smil- Smil- Oh, my God. I don't know how to say this. It was Smil- Smilonik? Is that how you say his name? I would say Smilonik, but Smilonic. I don't know. Smilonik? Uh, I have no idea. A 2023 first-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick. So maybe this is the actual, uh, you know, the Vitrano move made space for Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt's a great pickup, good depth, same thing. Kind of like a Josh Manson, like, filling kind of guy. Mm-hmm. That's the way I see it. It's just nuts to see Florida making these moves in general. Like, how are they loading up like this? Their their team is already set. They're, they're just so good, and, <laughs> and they're just going to add more. more. It's crazy. More somehow, yeah. 
Um, and then you have Seattle Kraken traded forward Cal Jean Rock, uh, sorry, Jean Crook, uh, to the Calgary Flames in exchange for a 2022 second round pick, 2023 third round pick, and a 2024 seventh, seventh round pick. So we're getting a lot of picks here. Uh, I think a lot of teams here are just realizing. Uh, maybe trying to move some cast space and try to pick up some good picks and uh, for the future steam rebuild, you know? Yeah, I think the Flames are definitely looking at playoffs and, and looking to get deep. I mean, that's going to be what we keep touching on this entire trade deadline is just that's there's buyers and there's sellers at the deadline. And if you're, you know, the top team in the Pacific, you're going to want to buy and, and mm-hmm. just keep adding and, you know, try and find that missing piece that'll put you over the hump to get you through to the cup finals. Cali right. um, Yarncroft was like one of the top, um, players for Seattle and one of the top names to go there. Uh, it is interesting to see them move on from him, but mm-hmm. they got a haul for him. Oh, yeah. Getting three three uh, picks in the next few years, that's, that's really going to help to develop the future and everything. Oh, yeah. So, 100%. Um, Good cool. move for Seattle, good move for Calgary. That's a win-win. A mm-hmm. uh, little fun fact here, too. Yarncroft and Elias Lindholm are cousins coming from the same town as Jacob Markstrom. So all three of them are from Gavel or Gable, Sweden. Oh, there's wow. only 75,000 people that live in that town. Wow. Shit. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool, too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, I don't know if we're going. Do you have anything Calgary later on this episode? Um, I got a little side note on the coach, Daryl Sutter. He had some notes, too. Yeah, if you want to do that. Um, he said when it comes to playoffs, the wild card is just it's the worst spot you can have in the West because you're going to have to play Colorado. And he actually said, quote, it's going to be a waste of eight days. Yeah. Just like uh, he just assumes that whoever plays Colorado is just getting swept. Just swept. It's yep. nuts. He also said um, he is – they asked him about how he's a contender for the Jack Adams uh, trophy, which is the best coach in the league. And he said that's a regular season award. He's not, not interested in that. But he would like to win the William Jennings, which is the uh, best goalie tandem in the league. So wow, that's I, awesome. I thought it was kind of cool to see him call that out. All right. Um, yeah, that's cool because we were talking about that in the early stages of the season where you have uh, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar being like the best goalie tandem in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're there. Markstrom, I believe, has nine shutouts. I'm going to look that up right now, but that's that's yeah. a ton of shutouts, man. I'm you gonna, don't usually I'm, see double-digit shutouts. I'm going to talk about that a little later. All on right, there. perfect. Uh, and then the last big one that happened today uh, was the Chicago Blackhawks traded forward Brandon Hagel and a 2022 and 2024 fourth round pick to the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for a 2023 and 2024 first round pick for Taylor Radish and Ford Boris Kachuk. Uh, big, big move here. Uh, I like that Brandon Hagel is going to be the. Uh, the big name in this, and then two first-round picks. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see, right? When you really break it down, they basically got rid. They moved on from Brandon Hagel, and they moved their fourth-round picks to become, you know, one year later in twenty-two to twenty-three. But mm-hmm. the fourth-round picks that they have become first-round picks. Yep. A couple little prospects, but Brandon Hagel's a, a great addition for uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm smelling a three-peat here, man. This is this is ridiculous. Just how good this team's going to be. Um, one thing I noticed, too, Chicago's going to look very, very, very weird at this deadline. Mm-hmm. Initially, they're saying Patrick Kane is not on the market. We're not looking to shop him. And now that they moved on from Hagel, there's rumors that um, they're, they're, they're willing to shop Kane. If Kane moves, then they're going to move on from Debrinket as well. And if Debrinket gets traded, they're going to move on from Kane as well, which is just insane to me. Like, Debrinket's the future of their organization. What are, what are we doing here? Right. But um, they did get into a little uh, fuck you match uh, in the game the other day. Did you see that? Yeah. I think... Um, Kane was getting a little hot and was riding on Debrinket a bit, and Debrinket told him, uh, I think he just straight up told him, shut the fuck up, yeah. and like skated away from him. Nuts. 
So I, I think that's part of it, but yeah, it's, it's also like, yeah. how do you move on from a young star like Debrinket, um with with what he's done for the team? Yep. How do you move on from Kane? You know, I mean, he's towards the end of his career. Like I see a Claude Giroux moving, I see a Kane moving. So the league's changing a bit, but you could get a good haul for Kane, I think, for a yeah. guy that, um, you know, you can. Lo- it's basically a loan. You know, you, yep. you you're trading him away. You get in stuff. You know that he's going to be done soon, mm-hmm. and you could get a haul for Debrinket as well. So oh, yeah. we'll see. I just thought it was uh, interesting to see Chicago just almost blowing up their team when things aren't looking so good, you know? Yeah, I like uh, I like your mindset there. Yeah. I don't know. Again, we'll, we'll be finding out probably when we finish up, we're going to get like a 1,000. Yeah, know. yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, so uh, with all that said, let's start with high school hockey. The Andover Huskies won the A Minnesota State High School Boys Championship. They faced the third seed Maple Grove as a fifth seed team and won 6-5 in double overtime. Senior Logan Gravink uh, got the game-winning goal nine minutes into the second OT. The Huskies win 25-5 and won this season, which brought them to their third tournament in a row. Two weeks prior, the Andover girls hockey team also won the AA championship, making them just the second high school where the boys and girls won the championship in the same season. Uh, that was cool stuff. Uh, I think you were the that was the post you sent me where um, the crowd was just insane and dude, that's like the biggest thing. They have an eighteen thousand seat stadium at the Excel Energy Center and and they sell that they out for a high out. school tournament. And for a kid to go on and score a, a game winner in double overtime, that is like the coolest thing in the world. Like he's gonna be a legend in the state now, even if he doesn't go on to do anything else. Like yeah. people are gonna be like, that was one of the coolest tournament wins I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, see him at the bar, be like, hey, you're that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so following up on more high school news in Harmer Township, Pennsylvania, a game between Shallot and Latrobe at the Alpha Ice Complex, a fight broke out in the stands. It was between parents, and during the fight, a Shallot hockey player raced up, to, uh, raced up in the stands to join. Uh, it began with a fight between dads with sons on opposing teams because one dad was accusing the other son of playing dirty, and it took it upon himself to go looking for that play after the game ended. The Pennsylvania Interscholastic Hockey League and Shallow Area School District are investigating the altercation. The PIHL commissioner said they may shake the security in the coming weeks because of the Penguins Cup playoffs starting. Uh, another case of hockey parents doing bad hockey parents things. Yep, classic. There's no other sports le- like um, sports league that that does that anything does like this, this, man. It's just it's just hockey for some reason, and I don't know what it is. I don't. I don't get it at all you you send me posts of just dads just like screaming at referees on the ice and like just let them do their job i don't absurd. i don't get it it's just it's disgusting like just stop and the fact that one of the dads just like i'm gonna find this guy's son and fucking have a word to word with him for playing dirty on the ice I'm like he's he's a kid let him let him figure shit out on the ice you know yeah yeah 100 percent uh did you have anything more to that i might move on yeah i i think um the Class A title, too, was won by Hermantown for the Minnesota State uh, tournament. There's like A, AA, and AAA, and the, the top level, I believe, is, is single A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hermantown beats war, the war, war, war Road Warriors. That's a tough one to say. 3-2 mm-hmm. uh, to two for their fourth Class A title. So I just wanted to chuck that one out there, too. Nice. Uh, a lot of cool highlights from that. I, I think we mentioned last week We I can't really stand the, uh, the hockey hair videos, but that's just me. <laughs> Everybody in the hockey community seems to love them, so I hope you guys enjoy them, but they're not for me. <laughs> Uh, moving on from all that, uh, we have more women in hockey. 
Uh, goalie Eve Cascone will make her Quebec Major Junior Hockey League debut in Gat- Gatineau Olympics. Uh, she will join Mignol Rayom and Charlene Labonte as the only women to ever play in the QMJHL. Uh, she played her best season with the St. Laurent Patriots with 16 games played, 2.81 GAA, and a .899 save percentage. Another break in the sport and first in the NHL, Jordan Spence of the LA Kings made history as the first skater with Japanese citizenship and first Australian-born player in, uh, to play in the NHL. Uh, cool for these two. Um, I thought that Eve Gascon was a uh, – I never even heard of her. And all of a sudden, like, we're getting information that she's going to be the third woman to play in the Quebec Major Juniors. So yeah, for cool. her to play in the QMJHL, that's that's no joke. I mean, like, it's just growing. That's the next step. And I think eventually down the line, I think we will see a woman that will play probably goalie in the NHL at some point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about forward or defenseman personally, but definitely uh, definitely in net, I could, I could see a woman joining the NHL. It would be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I thought it was kind of interesting that Jordan Spence was the first Australian-born player to play in the NHL. I believe he plays with the Capitals, this guy, uh, Nathan Walker. He's Australian as well, but I think he was born somewhere else and then, like, moved there when he was really young. So yeah. pretty pretty cool to see, like, the game growing in somewhere that you didn't even know that they had hockey almost. You right. Know? Jordan Spence is a two for a two, uh, Japanese citizenship and Australian-born. Actually, I don't, ha- I don't know the... Now I'm thinking about it. I don't, I don't know the YouTube channel at all, but there's an Australian goalie on YouTube that's playing in the pros right now that has like kind of like a Kazma Kaskasuo YouTube channel, and uh, I think it's literally only three or four uh, videos in. I'll, I'll, I'll put it down here on the bottom. Maybe put it on the description for you guys. I can't remember the name, but it's actually pretty cool, and it's so different because, like, you could tell Australia is, like, just kind of figuring out hockey, so when he's showing, like, the – rinks and where he works out you're just like okay this is like the beginning of everything you know yeah and we talked before too about like in europe they play it with more like a soccer style i'd be interested to see how um places like japan and places like australia you know like play their game like do they do they break the puck out quickly are they are they willing to use their defensemen to work the puck backwards to get out of the zone like all those kind of things we actually had um i think it was the nba announced that they're going to be doing um game pre preseason games next year in japan as well so they're looking to expand into the asian market too that's awesome yeah cool to yeah see. i was wondering that with uh like japan and stuff because i don't know do they even have i don't even know if they even have like a professional thing uh league over there but when they play like the olympics and stuff like i wonder what their training's like because for like over here you can watch like nhl games and kind of like be like okay they're doing that let's work over there but i feel like over there it's just like they're like they're doing it on their own, figuring it out on their own. So it could be like a different style compared to us. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have they have access to the internet and everything. Like yeah. it's it's not in the same sense where China is, you know, like blocking blocking, blocking. certain internet yeah. access. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's like over there, but that is a that is a thought. I'd be curious. Uh, talking about hockey expanding, the West Coast Hockey Sports and Entertainment have announced the launch of an elite junior hockey league focused on the western part of the United States. The LA Kings, Sharks, Ducks, and Vegas Golden Knights have offered their support. The league expects to begin in 2023 with 6 to 12 teams. They hope to accomplish with the U- what the USHL has done, that is based in the Midwest of the United States. 
Uh, the goal is to grow the sport of hockey and help develop West Coast kids with the highest in-class resources available. This would be cool, and it goes back to what you said about how the um, Western Conference just lacks. Like, Eastern Conference is just so much better than the West, and I think this might help out a bit. Yeah, I think it will. I mean, in in a sense to that, right, it's, it's like a pros and cons, or, or I guess more of like a yes and no. Like, the, the Western Conference teams are still – you know, drafting and developing it and pulling kids from all over the world. But this will give them an up, give the West Coast kids an opportunity to be like, I do want to play hockey for the LA Kings rather than go to like, you know, Toronto or a major market. They can be like, I want to play for my hometown. You know, yeah. you see like an Austin Matthews going to Arizona in, in this trade deadline, probably like he'll, he'll be shipped out of Toronto and right. go to Arizona like we want, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was really cool to see. Um, it's great that they want to do exactly what the USHL has done. And the hardest part, I think, for being like a West Coast kid that wants to be, you know, good at hockey and, and develop and grow is they have to make a, de- a life-changing decision by the time they're about 14 years old and decide, is this what I want to pursue? Because if I do, I'm going to have to go live with a billet family out in the Midwest or go to Canada and, you know, live by or even Europe and live by myself from the age of 14 and up. Like, that's crazy. That's mm-hmm. a huge life-changing decision to make when you're not even, you know, an adult. No, I wouldn't even say an adult. You're almost like not even like a kid yet. Yeah. Like 14 years old, you're still fucking young. So it's good to see, and hopefully this will give a, a lot more opportunity to the West Coast kids to grow and develop. I like, Yeah, I like where you went there. It's it's just so insane. I don't know if other sports do it. I'm sure they do, but for hockey, it's just, yeah, you're right. It's insane. Like, by the age of 12, 13, you should know if you're going to make college, you know, that type of stuff. Like, at that age, you're already thinking – yeah, I'm going to play for Northeast, and yeah, I'm going to play for BC. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're right, like 13, 14, you're just like, well, I'm going to sing goodbye to my mom, and I'm going to move to another country or like the other side of the country, live with a family, and play a sport that I'm literally just doing just to better myself and try to progress into the professionals, you know? Yeah, and I, I think... It's an insane mindset. I think, like you asked, I think it's the only sport that's like that because the the, I guess, access to resources isn't as great when it comes to soccer, basketball, you need a ball, and there's net like nets, facilities, like basketball hoops everywhere. Like right. you drive around the street, and you're like, "Holy shit!" There's if you think about it, like count the number of basketball courts you drive by in soccer fields. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. And then uh, baseball is like America's pastime, so that's been grown and developed throughout the country. Mm. With with hockey, um, to get to like a better talent level, right? You need to go where the talent is. When it comes to basketball, like we just said with March Madness, the college program has grown. You can play anywhere across the country and have good, high-level basketball. Same thing with baseball being America's pastime and football, too. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just hockey's a very niche market, like we said, with the 3Ms being the, the leaders and, you know, north of the border. So right. I think that's why it's the way it is. But this this should grow to change it. We'll I wonder see. how many ice rinks there are in, uh, like, the West, you know? Yeah. When I was on uh, – when I'm, when I'm on, like, goalie – or just, like, hockey, like, forums or blogs or whatever. It's funny to see how, like, almost spoiled we are in Boston where they talk. Some guys talk about having to drive, like, an hour and a half, two hours, like, the nearest rink. And I'm just like, oh, my nearest rink is, like, ten minutes away from me. And I got, like, 50 other rinks within, like, half an hour, 45-minute drives from me. And they're just like, where do you live? I'm like, Boston. Yeah. Um, I, I found one little snippet here. It says there are 2,021 hockey rinks in the U.S. And, I mean... 2021, I think if you're going up and down 93 alone, which is the, the highway here, there's like 10 of them. Yeah. You know, just just 
from like me to your house. Yeah. You, you could find like ten rinks. Yeah. Which is kind of nuts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep digging and see if I can find out how many are in like California and <laughs> over here. You know. We're gonna go on a rabbit hole. Well, uh, perfect segue, I guess, because we're gonna talk about a few players here that uh, most likely did what we talked about. Uh, so before we get into NHL news, the WHL Regina Pats' Connor Bedard is not slowing down one bit. He became the first 16-year-old in 29 years to score 40 goals in a single WHL season. The last played player to pass that mark was Jeff Friesen in 1992-93 with 45 goals in 70 games played. In 49 games played, he scored 40 goals, second in the league, 39 assists, and 79 points, which is tied for fourth. Uh, right above Bedard is Ben King of the Red Deer Rebels, who is first in the league in goals. We're going to add Ben King to the list here. Uh, he's having a career-high season with 46 goals. 21 of them were scored on the power play. 45 assists and 91 points in 58 games played. Compared to last season where he had 12 goals and 16 assists and the season before where he had 16 goals and 22 assists, Ben is on absolute fire. Uh, who's also doing real well is his teammate Arshdeep Baines is tied with Ben in points with 91 with 33 goals and 58 assists in 58 games played. So be on the lookout for Ben King and Arshdeep Baines uh, right next to Connor Bedard in the uh, upcoming draft. Yeah, that's that's nuts, man. Like yeah. guys like this, you can just see that they're head and shoulders above the talent level like that they're playing with. And at a certain point, it's it's we, you talked about it earlier, like. The kids that know that they're going to play in college and things like that, they know because they they're, they're just playing up their whole life. They're playing, you know, they're U11, but they're playing with the U13s, U15s, right, and exactly. just playing up in age and bigger yeah. kids. So, um, at a certain point, this guy's going to get drafted and just go right to the league. I think and this and guys then, just make it easy. Cause yeah. Again, they're two steps, three steps above everyone else. You know? Yeah. That's just the way it goes, I think. Um, I did find that California has 28 hockey rinks in the state, but that also includes all three of the NHL facilities. And probably three Damn. three more practice ranks it's probably that's counting too. So nothing. that's twenty two across the entire state. California's a big ass state. Yeah. Uh Massachusetts, uh I, I haven't really dug in, but I found forty two ranks are owned by the state. You know those DCR? Yep. So uh that's forty two that are owned by the state, and then there's a there's ton of private of ones too. Are other ones, yeah. yeah. So I would say we got probably at least statewide, I would say like a hundred to hundred and fifty minimum. Easily. You know? Easily. So yeah, that's that that limits uh, your growth and development when you're in California. But and then the uh, the rink we're at for the Heroes Cup. Yeah, that thing's huge. And that, that's that eight had like rinks eight in one rinks in yeah, one that building. Place is awesome. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, but I mean Sorry, that that also doesn't take into consideration. I I don't think the uh, roller rinks in California, and I think mm. that's where you see a lot of growth and development too. But it's entirely different mechanics. Did you know that roller blades were actually invented to help people in the off season to uh, practice skiing? Really? Yeah, they they were supposed to be used to mimic skiing and not uh, skating, like ice skates. Interesting. Isn't that funny? That's what they were initially made for. Now, obviously, we have like the Mars blade and stuff, and they're all getting more focused on uh, roller hockey and ball hockey, all that stuff. Want to go down uh, another rabbit hole with the roller blades? Yeah, of course. Okay. Always. All right. So I was going through my mom's stuff because I'm I'm back to moving with my parents at the end of this month, and I found her old Sharks jersey from our. Uh, mm. Yeah, oh, that was fun. Rollblade that team. was great. Want to tell everyone about that? Yeah, so uh, when I first started out, I mean, I was literally like learning how to skate. I was driving an hour to go play hockey in Saugus because I didn't realize that the rinks around here, they're, they're everywhere, and you could just go skate wherever you want. I was like, this is where I have to go. Um, so we would drive an hour up there and play. And I ended up I get, joined them. I ended up getting the, guy, the guys together and making a, uh, a roller team because I played for my cousin's team. 
We ended up losing the championship in overtime on a bad uh, line change. But it was uh, it was really fun. I was like, this is great. We should do this. And I got my buddies together. And uh, we were a, a hodgepodge kind of crew and didn't really know what the hell we were doing. And we were terrible. We sucked. But we had a good time, I think. We were called the Sharks. Yeah. And, and our, our jersey, they look like giant. I, I think we have we have them over there. I could, like, I could probably throw one up next week for the listeners. Yeah. We got the, like, we're like the bench warmers of, like, roller hockey. Yeah, it was so hilarious. It was terrible. I'd, I'd, everyone had, like, oh, God, we were the worst. But, yeah, like, we everyone had, like, these cool roll blades. They look good. I'm, like, literally running around in, like, Timberland boots. He's got the roller skates that are, like, the four, uh, <laughs> The four wheels that are like a car instead of in a line, instead of inline skates. <laughs> Not actually, but that'd be hilarious. Oh, God, we were terrible. They were like wearing like actual- They were nasty, like, though. But there was Rollered sick. pants and stuff, yeah. And I didn't then, realize how much like that like you needed. It, it's so different from ice hockey. So in a sense, I gave it that. Yeah. But like summertime when we were playing there, dude, like- Oh my god! So it hot, was right? Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. The scumbags that ran it too, like, uh, ended up just not paying rent, closing the facility down, and just like took our money and ran. Remember that? Piece that was of nuts, shit. man. Oh, that's right. I right? remember that. Because you came into work. And that was looked, right around here too. Was Isn't right it was like Randolph, too. I think. Something around there, yeah. Because I remember you coming into work and we're like, "Are we getting our money back?" And you're like, "All right, here's the story." They just took the money and ran out. I'm like, "Motherfucker!" <laughs> here's the story. No. Here's the story. No. <laughs> we are not getting our money back. Yeah. Meanwhile, me and Chris are making, like, grocery store money. Oh, yeah, brutal. All that mattered, you know? Yeah. Played half a season, though, and I mean, I don't know. We suck, so we it doesn't really matter. We were terrible. We were awful. <laughs> I think was... we won a game. No, I don't think we won a game. <laughs> it was fun as hell, though, but we're, we're, it was just terrible. Matt and I would alternate, too, and play out and then in net. I actually totally forgot about it until I was, I was digging through, like, I found, like, a hockey bag in the basement, and I was like, the hell's in here? And I found rollerblades. I'm like, oh, my old, old rollerblades. Like, right under him was that jersey. And I look at him, so I'm like, funny. oh, my God, I totally forgot. So funny. Uh, so let's let's get into actual NHL talk. <laughs> yeah, real real good hockey players, not us. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting sad thinking about how terrible we were. <laughs> <laughs> so, more, so we're going to get into some crazy stats here in the NHL. Uh, Toronto, I mean, we're going to go through a lot of uh, crazy stats here. So the Toronto Maple Leafs have given up 57 goals in the past 14 games, going 7-7-0 in those 14 games, but remain third in their uh, division. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, Nazem Kadri, is setting a career high this season with 72 points in 56 games played, making him eighth in the league in points. Last season, he had 32 points in 56 games played. When we were just talking about Nazem Kadri last uh, last season on the podcast, telling him how great he was. Uh, no, I think we focused more on him this season with uh, the All Star game, game, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, a couple that's right. couple episodes ago. Got it. Uh, but yeah, he's having a killer turnaround year. I believe he's on a contract year too. So I think his contract's up at the end of the season. He's going to get paid, oh, make some good money. We'll Either that, or he's going to have to move on. Like Colorado's got a lot of lot of All Stars up there. But before we move on from Toronto too, I mean. 57 goals in 14 games, that's really only four goals a game, which isn't, like, you know, crazy bad. And sometimes those numbers get inflated when you have a game where you lose, like, 8-7. to seven. Yeah, 7-2, yeah. to two, things yeah. like that. So 7-7-0 seven, seven oh in, in 14 games. Like, I don't know, man. I don't think Toronto has that big – like, obviously goaltending is an issue, but they're putting enough – to putting the puck in the back of the net enough to make up for it. And I don't think it's as big as an issue as they think. I think Toronto fans just – Panic at the, any sign of weakness. They're like, we're we're gonna lose in the first we're, round. We're, we're screwed. Fucked. We're, we're fucked. fucked. Yeah. We need to do something. Toronto is they're just that, mashing the panic button. That Atlantic division is is such in a weird spot where 
Florida Panthers are not moving for first. They are not moving. And then you have Tampa, who's just, like, stuck in second. And then you have Toronto Maple Leafs in third. And then the Boston Bruins are in fourth. And they're close to Toronto, but I don't think they're going to make – I don't think they're going to catch up to Toronto. So it's just, like – it's such, like, a stuck standing, you know? Yeah, I, I think it is. And I feel like it, it was kind of like the – we talked earlier this season about – Carolina and Florida, who actually have the same record right now, four, uh, 14, sorry, 41, 14, and 6. Uh, so they have the exact same record, two different divisions, and you, they just couldn't make headway on each other because in their last 10 games played, every time it's the same, 6, 3, and 1. They're, they're just matching each other. And you see that all the way in the top four teams in the Atlantic as well. Uh, and I think that's why Detroit, the gap is so big, but they're obviously never going to catch. No. Um, I mean, between the Panthers, Lightning, Maple Leafs, and Bruins, the four teams that are in the playoffs, here are their last ten. Six three and one, six four and oh, six three and one, seven two and one. They just you're not gonna make any headway, you're not gonna catch each other. No. You're sitting exactly where you sit. The point gap isn't that big though. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs are one point behind Tampa, so they could bump them down to third. But mm-hmm. I think regardless, whoever makes it into that wild card slot, going up against Florida, Tampa, or Toronto, you're done. I, I would rather play Toronto out of those uh, those three. 100%. But it, it's going to be a battle. And even like in the other division, too, the Penguins are really hot right now. The Rangers are out of nowhere playing out of their ass. Like mm-hmm. That goaltender is unreal there. Um, Carolina Hurricanes, obviously, like that, that's a fucking buzzsaw. And then the Capitals, too. I mean, the East is so insanely stacked compared to the West. Oh, 100%. The West is kind of a nightmare. That's where we're at. That was a fucking tangent. but No, oh, it's the tangent that I wanted, but And... Uh, did you so the Nashville Predators Roman Yossi too? Mm-hmm. He currently has sixty six points, which is the most by a defenseman in in a season, right? Or is yep. that this, this season? This season, okay. Yep. He's on pace for a hundred points, with which would be the most by a defenseman in thirty years, which is insane. Uh, I don't think this guy gets enough credit. He's obviously one of the best defensemen in the league, but I think uh, a point scoring defenseman doesn't get as much attention unless you're young, like a Kale McCarr and an Adam Fox. Think about how much we talk about those yeah, guys, right? And Roman Yossi has more points than both of them. So. That's insane. Right? right. We, and we haven't brought him up once, I feel like. Once. At all. At all. Until we started looking at statistics and we were just like, oh, yeah, that's right. Roman Yossi's up there. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. That's a learning lesson, right? And I think it's part of being in a tough market in Nashville, too. It doesn't get the same spotlight that Colorado Avalanche at the top of the league does. And, yeah. And uh, the New York Rangers, who have the, uh, you know, the one of the highest franchise values. So. Right. Uh, and lastly, Florida Panthers Jumbo Joe Thornton made his return to San Jose this week. And not so much stats, but fun facts. The last time Joe played in San Jose as an opponent, get ready for this, Austin Matthews was five years old. Mary Lemieux was still playing pro hockey. Cindy Crosby was in 10th grade. And MySpace was the current popular social media platform back in 2002 when he was playing for the Boston Bruins. Damn, he's old. Yeah, that's 20 years ago, man. That's wild. That is insane. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those quirky facts, though, because like he's been off the San Jose roster for about two or three seasons now, I believe. And uh, with COVID, he didn't end up playing against them uh, or over in over. San Jose yep. uh, on Toronto. And now it's his first time back as a Florida Panther. Mm-hmm. So uh, he got like a really cool, warm welcome. Like he's he's the face of that organization, man. Like if, if you think San Jose, I think Joe Thornton's the first oh, yeah. name to come. I mean, to mind. we love him over here too. Jo- Joe is just like a lovable guy. Yeah, you, like I ass. want him to win the cup. Yeah, he needs one, man. It's just. I don't think he's going to stop till he gets one. And I hope he's one of those guys that goes out on top. Uh, some of the guys, like like a Zidane Chara, they're just sick puppies that just want to keep playing. Like, if, if Chara yeah. were to win a cup this year, I bet he would be back next year and just, oh, just wants to keep playing. But, yeah. like, Joe Thornton wins a cup, I want him to oh, just be done. like, 
I want him to just be like, I'm done. Like, yep. that's it. But he might. He might still kick around, you know? Yeah, we want Joe to win. Love of the game. It's just like, um, just like Ray Bork here. Remember he wanted, like, toward the end of his career, we shipped him off to uh, Colorado where he won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Great It's kind of a weird dumb thing for him to bring the cup back here, but that's a, another story for another day. <laughs> Bruins fans thought, like, oh, he, yeah, we got yeah, one. Yeah. I no, mean, Colorado did. Colorado got one. Nope. <laughs> uh, so, with stats come awards. Uh, so, for the Calder Trophy so far, Detroit's Moritz Sider leads with 70 points. These are all, uh, so when I talk points, it's all votes. Um, so, right now, Moritz Sider leads uh, for the Calder Trophy with 70 points. And I'm going to jump in, too. Um, the way the point system works, there's 15 NHL writers that vote on this, mm-hmm. and they they have five point totals to give away per person. So they can give away a five, a four, a three, a two, and a one to eat to whoever they want in the league. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's how these points are calculated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Detroit's Lucas Raymond is second with 42 points, so it's cool to see two uh, Red Wings players up there. Anaheim's Trevor Zegers with 41 points, and Toronto's Michael Bunting with 32 points uh, for the Calder Trophy. I'm going to jump into it when yep. you're done with Calder stuff. Um, yep. The Red Wings actually announced today, too, which is crazy to me. They're open to offers for an- anyone on the team except for Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider, obviously. like yeah. <laughs> It's nuts to see the two of them on this list, but it's also nuts to me to think, they would be willing to hear offers for, you know, a Dylan Larkin and a um, Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, but, yeah. and Oh, I never thought about that. Right? Like, that's those are I've huge names that. on I'm the like, team. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even think about Dylan Larkin. Yeah, he's a good captain. I mean, he, you would get a good bang for your buck there, but I just I don't understand why you would. And to add to more insider stock in this, you know, this race, this running for this trophy, yeah. um, the, did you see the highlight the other day when McDavid does his thing and he's bombing into the zone, he's coming in with speed, and he usually just burns – Goes wide, goes right around defenseman. More excited, man, doing everything he can and, and drives him wide, maintains the speed on his zone entry and gets the stick on the puck and knocks it off. It's man. unbelievable. I, I don't he think, can do it all. I don't think I've seen a highlight of anyone in the league ever do that. And yeah. he fucking does it. And this guy's brand new. Like, this is the new age of defenseman, I think. Like, 100%. You got to build from the back out, like we say all the time. But. I just thought it was a crazy highlight. Just another name to look out for. Lucas Raymond, too. But, yeah. like, Moritz Sider, especially for Detroit. What a fucking pickup by Detroit. I mean, look at look with. at the point gap. 70 points to 42 points, Sider over Raymond. Like, is that's that that's insane. insane. It's, it's got it's got to be Moritz Sider all day. Oh, 100%. Um, moving on from that, uh, for the Jack Adams Award, we have Calgary's Dal Sutter. He leads with 55 points. Uh, Rangers Gerard Gallant, oh, sorry Gerard Gallant, and second with 39 points. Florida's Andrew Brunette with 29 points. Pittsburgh's Mike Sullivan with 26 points, and Carolina's Rod Brindamore with 24 points. I'm shocked Rod Brindamore is kind of like on the bottom there, but uh, kind of does make sense for uh, Daryl Sutter to be really, yeah. really up there. Daryl Sutter is definitely number one. Like he's getting the most. Out- well, no, I'm sorry. He's doing so much for the Calgary organization in coming in, and I think it shows more and you have more opportunity to win this award when you're coming from one team to another, to another. and you really turn it around. Bruce Boudreau should probably have been on here yeah. with, with more votes, I would say, too. But look at the five names here. Like The only one that I don't really know is Andrew Burnett, mm-hmm. and those other four coaches, I feel like they're always in the runnings. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. The reason I think Brindamore isn't higher up on the list is because of the team that he has and how consistent, consistently he's – yeah, they yeah. are – but how consistently he's able to make them consistent. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. he's always in the running. You don't even see John Cooper on here with Tampa Bay. No. You know what I mean? Like, right. that that's another guy that should absolutely be on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, he's obviously got votes, and I'm sure um, Bruce Boudreaux also does too, but these guys just head and shoulders. And 
uh, my in Just my opinion, teams around. Daryl Sutter is like the standalone winner of this. But Gerard Gallant, man, the, what he's getting out of this New York Rangers team and the young goalie and Shesterkin, like. It's, it's unbelievable. It's insane, And man. we talked about this last week where we brought up the New York Rangers, and you're just like, dude, we don't talk about the New York Rangers enough on this, you know? Yeah. Just, they they came really out of nowhere. Around. Yeah, they came out of nowhere, I think. Like, no one picked them at the beginning of the season. We kind of thought they were in the same boat as New Jersey with kind of like a rebuild status, you know? All right. Uh, so for the Vesna, we have Rangers' Igor Shesterkin, who leads with 71 points. Calgary's Jacob Markstrom in second with 44 points. Carolina's Freddie Anderson with 39 points. And Tampa Bay's Andre Vasilevsky with 38 points. Uh, I love seeing this, dude. Like, Igor Shesterkin is just breaking, breaking headway in the NHL right now. Like, it, it's it's insane to me how good Igor Shesterkin has been this season to push Jacob Markstrom to second in this. Who we just talked yeah. about, Jacob Markstrom and Dan Vladar being the best goalie tandem in the league in the beginning. And now here's Igor Shostak and be like, nope, I'm going to take first. Yeah, I also saw trade rumors for uh, the Rangers to ship Ale- Alexander Georgiev too, which would be insane, insane to think about, right? But yeah, Shostakin's head and shoulders above these guys. But like, you can't go wrong with Shostakin and Markstrom, I think. And like, Freddie Anderson, the career he's, I mean, the turnaround he's had. Andre Vasilevsky just consistently, but I'm going to make a nice comparison here. I think Igor Shostakin's going to be the next carry price. That's what I see when I when I watch him play. But wow, that's what I got here. Yeah. Wow, those are tough. Those are big words. Yeah, are, is it though? What did what did Carey Price do in his career? I feel like he's done a lot. Yeah, no cup though. No cup though. Oh, okay, so and I, <laughs> I think Shesterkin <laughs> might be following Lundqvist's footsteps. But who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, the President's Trophy doesn't always mean that you win the Stanley Cup, and I feel like it never does. I, I want to actually find that out too. I'm going to dive into that while yeah. you. Do this last one. Okay. And so last one, and for the Hart Trophy, we have uh, Florida's Jonathan Huberdeau. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna, no, I won't do it this, this this week. Should I do it? No. No, don't do it. Okay. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> so Florida, Jonathan Huberdeau leads with 52 points. Rangers' Igor Shesterkin again in second with 44 points. Toronto's Austin Matthews with 41 points. And Edmonton's Connor McDavid with 34 points. We talked about this uh, before we even started recording that you didn't like uh, Matthews and McDavid in this list. Yeah, I mean, obviously they're they're doing their thing, but I think those two teams, it's more of a... You know, a team effort to, to get the teams to where they are. Like, it's not – like, obviously Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid are game breakers. You know, like, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do. But when I think of the Hart Trophy, I think of the guys that have done so much for their team and really, like, like paved the way for them to be where they are. And mm-hmm. Igor Shosturkin – yeah, Igor Shosturkin. <laughs> Igor Shosturkin comes to mind first where he's completely, like, given the Rangers an opportunity to win here. Uh, Jonathan Huberto, just with how far ahead – the Florida Panthers are in their standings in their division. Um, a couple other names that we talked about last week uh, that we said should probably be on there was Moritz Sider and Jason Robertson. Yeah. And I think the main reason they're not is because they're in the contention for the the rookie award, who also we didn't see um, J- Jason Robertson even named. So no. uh, it's, it's kind of nuts to see that, too. Mm-hmm. Just thought it was kind of weird. Uh, the last team, though, to win the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup were the 2012-2013 Chicago Blackhawks. Wow. So, okay. like, the year that Tampa won the President's Trophy, they got bounced first round. Like, mm-hmm. President's Trophy is kind of not, not the best thing you want. Like like uh, Sutter says, it's it's a regular season award, and, you know, you got to look at the, the prize at the end of the tunnel. Right, that, exactly. That one, so. It's the uh, it's the good job award, you know? Yeah. But you didn't get it act- You didn't actually get it done, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it can be that you get it done, too. But yep. the, the dumbest one to me is um, the shirts that they sell when – 
you win the like conference Eastern Conference finals. Yeah, you win why the conference the, finals. Why would you buy that? Because it's look at it, right. You you buy that shirt and your team goes to the Stanley Cup finals, right? They win the Stanley Cup. You're gonna buy the Stanley Cup shirt. You don't need the conference finals one, right? Yeah. Or they won the Eastern Conference and they go to the Stanley Cup and they lose. And now you have a shirt that says. We, we won our conference, but we didn't win the Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the, the weirdest thing in the world to me. I also do love the superstition of don't touch a trophy when they present yeah, it. Yeah, I love that too. I, I like to see what teams do. Teams do touch it, though. I'm like, that's nuts. That's bold. I don't know. It's kind of funny. I would don't, never touch it, dude. No, no. Don't step on the trophy. Don't step on the logo don't in the step locker on the logo, room. Yeah. Remember that Justin Bieber stepped on the logo. and like I remember the, it was posted on Instagram, and like the whole yeah. rack of comments are just like, dude. He's become much more of a of a Toronto hockey fan and, and more of a hockey fan in general now. So it's pretty cool to see him actually like understand and give a shit now. Like back then, I think he was just doing it because like I'm famous, I can go do whatever I want. Yeah. And like didn't realize, you know, if you don't follow hockey that closely, you would never know not to step on the logo. I don't know if they do that in other locker rooms. I would assume, yeah. I would assume, yeah. For but sure. I mean, like think about a football locker room with like like almost a hundred players in in one big ass locker room. Like, are they really not going to step on the logo where there's a hundred guys walking around? You know what I mean? <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of work. Yeah, Maybe they point. do, though. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they do. I know that for hockey for sure. The 100%. Logo. Yeah. Uh, so going along with uh, the Florida Panthers here, uh, they lead all NHL teams with 243 goals scored this season and are the only team averaging over four goals per game. They have scored at least six goals in a game 12 times this season, which is the most of any NHL team. They are the first team to have five different skaters score at least 20 goals. And back to what we're talking about with Sergei Bobrovsky, he ranks second among NHL goalies with 30 wins with a 36-3 and record. He also leads all NHL goalies with 19 home wins with a 19-3-0 and home record. They've had five hat-tricks this season, which ties for the most of any NHL team, and the stats are just getting better and better for this Florida Panthers organization, and I feel like we just can't get enough. Yeah, 100%, man. I'm just looking at uh, average goals per game for 2022. Uh, obviously, you said the Florida Panthers only team 4.08. Colorado right behind him, 3.82, but it really starts to fall off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like the league average is about three. Uh, so if you think about that, if every team's putting up three, that's a 3-3 uh, three, three game. Uh, or six goals per game. Um, I think just scoring in general has gone way up, and I feel like you see a lot hot. Like the reason these numbers are inflated, I would say, is because of the high scoring blowout games where you see like nine to one, seven to two. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think like five to three is becoming a more common NHL score, and that's like we're the seeing one. like big big scores. Yeah. As but, but five to three doesn't really end up being big big. Like if you think about it, right? Yeah. The game's three to three. It's tied. You score the go ahead goal, and then the other team pulls a goalie, and you get to put an empty net in. And that makes it a five-three game, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think it's nuts. Uh, Florida is like head and shoulders. Sergey Bobrovsky just turned his game around, um, getting that, getting that money this year, and actually earning it, and not riding the pine. Uh, we were talking Spencer Knight earlier too. I think he only has eleven games played. I think it said seven, four, and zero, oh, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of weird. Really, uh, yeah. Up the pace. Yeah. Spencer Knight carried them last season, and it's kind of interesting to see uh, the tides turn a little around. bit. I mean. I was going to bring up uh, Tristan Jari because uh, there was talk about uh, the Penguins being interested in Marc-Andre Fleury before the trade deadline. Yeah, people and people wanted that just to see you know them get the gang back together, Fleury, Crosby, uh, Malkin, and uh, like Latang. you yep. know what I mean? 
And it was like a, such a battle between Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Like one year, Casey DeSmith was a starter. The next year, Tristan Jari. And now Tristan Jari has really become that starter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I got thinking about it today where just like, you know, it wouldn't be too bad of an idea to pick up Flory, have him starter slash backup for Tristan Jari, and put Casey DeSmith back uh, down in the uh, minus and just let him uh, – uh, let him get some games in there. Let him grow a little, you know? I think the the reason that I look at that and say it's a good idea is because it's a playoff idea, right? If Tristan Jari starts shitting the bed, do you really want to rely on Casey DeSmith when, when you need another goalie to go to? Nope. You get Flurry in for this season. You get the gang all back together. The crowd loves it. Like, the camaraderie in the room grows, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, Tristan Jari now has, like, a safety net in Mark andre Flurry right. that can come in, be a goal stop, and then, you know, I, I think it would give him a good shot at the cup. But, yeah. um, and if there's any team that Marc-Andre Fleury, Fleury would want to retire in, I think it's going to be the with the Penguins organization. And I think regardless of what happens, he's going to do a one-day contract and end up retiring through, through the organization and hopefully working there. That'd be kind of cool down the line to see. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I just realized as I said it, I think I've said 100% about a 1,000 times on this uh, episode. So 100%. Got, 100%. So <laughs> i got to calm down with that. 100%. You know where I got that from? I don't know if anyone here watches it. Uh, Two Bears, One Cave with Tom Skerr and Burke Kreischer. Burke Kreischer always goes, oh, 100%. And now it's just, like, stuck in my head. Jesus Christ. So, here we are. Tom Segura is uh, actually playing a comedy show in town. Recently? Like, he, uh, soon, I think, soon? At, at the Wilbur. There's a lot of comedy shows popping up now. Um, I, I'm not a big stand-up comedy guy. Like, I don't I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. If Tom Segura was in the same room with me right now, I wouldn't know who he oh, was. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't keep up with all that, but... Uh, there were a ton of shows opening up. A lot of concerts and shit, too, so it's good to see. But just thought I'd chime in with that. That's awesome. I'm going to go. We should go see him. I yeah. fucking love him. Uh, so moving on from amazing to doing better, uh, the Arizona Coyotes for the month of March, just for the month of March, led the league in goals with 37 through 7 games, which is an average of 5.29 goals per game. Nick Schmaltz leads the league uh, this month with 17 points, which is 7 goals and 10 assists. And Clayton Keller is on a 7-game point streak, uh, which is tied for the third longest active streak in the NHL. Lawson Krause is breaking out with his first career hat trick. That came on March 14th against Ottawa. Lawson Krause is having the best season he's had with the Coyotes since being called up in 2018. He's got 19 goals, 13 assists, and 32 points in 59 games this season and is second in goals for the Coyotes right behind Clayton Keller. And this fucking Clayton Keller kid leads the team in goals with 26, leads the team in assists with 34, and leads the team in points with 60. The closest player that can comp- <clears throat> sorry, the closest player that can compare to him is Nick Schmaltz, who's third in goals with 18, second in assist and 24, and second in points with 24. Um, goddamn. Yeah, this this Arizona lineup is wild to me, right? You have uh, Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz on the top line. Galchenyuk's there. I did not know that. Riley Nash and Phil Kessel on the second line. Like, I didn't think Phil Kessel was a second line kind of guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought first first line. You know? Ready for this one too? Nick Ritchie and Louis Erickson on the third line. I, I didn't know that. And this this guy Lawson Krause that you're bringing up, he plays on the bottom line with uh, Christian Fisher, and he's still putting up all those points. Like it's nuts. I kind of thought when I, when you started talking about it, I hadn't heard of Lawson Krause before. I kind of thought that he would be. You know, on on like the top two lines, and that's why he's getting this kind of production because they're pairing him with a guy like Phil Kessel or someone that can put the puck on his stick. But that that's awesome to see fourth line production like that from the Arizona Coyotes. Like, 
I, obviously nothing's going to happen this season, but it's good to see them turn it around a little bit. Seven three and zero in their last ten, um, twenty and thirty six record. So not not too great. Not too but great. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That's but a good coming up, dive. especially for the month of March and just plays just in general, you know. Just, yeah. And like what you said with spotlight and everything, you don't really start noticing it until like they're really in the spotlight. And then, I was, you know, I was watching a few games, highlights and games for uh, the Arizona Coyotes because. I, don't know, I just like watching games around the league, and uh, especially Kraus and Keller. Just yeah, Clayton Keller's awesome. I, I can't incredible. believe they moved on from uh, Connor Garland last season. Sending him to Vancouver was mind-boggling to me. Yeah. I thought him and Keller were going to be like the future of the organization, and then they moved both their goalies too. Like it's nuts. This Vegmelka guy has been pretty good though. Yeah, he's been absolutely solid as of late. Uh, I, I actually love watching him. It's it's kind of funny watching him because you're just like. His this new goalie just got just got thrown into the league and and then like the beginning he just like just getting lit up and just figuring things out and now he's like okay I, I kind of figured out how to play with this team he's worked touch like how like he positions himself how he moves and you could see the difference he's yeah. made with the team you know I'd like to be I'd like to see the numbers on how many shots on goal uh, they allow. Uh, yeah. On the Arizona Coyotes, they're probably one of the top teams in the league because I feel like they just get hammered in the zone and they end up putting up like 50, 60 shots mm. against, you know? Right. So, why do we uh, put that down on the list? I uh, kind of want to talk about Veg or at least look him up, look more into him, you know? Veg yeah. Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on from that, um, we have Sergachev giving the business. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev. After absolutely ragdolling Oilers, Josh Archibald was sent to the penalty box. Oilers fans were letting, uh, weren't letting him off easy and started giving him shit while he was in the box and it hit a breaking point. Sergachev held up two fingers saying, two Stanley Cups, two cups I won here, and if that response isn't a shut-up bomb, I don't know what is. Yeah, I think, they, I think he said two cups, but he won one of them here. Because uh, the bubble was in Edmonton when they oh, ended up yeah, winning there. Yep. So one of the two cups that he won with uh, Tampa Bay was there. <laughs> savage <laughs> move, man. Savage. savage. I expected to see, like, uh, back in the day, like the 90s clip of the guy going over the glass and accidentally falling in the penalty box and just mm-hmm. getting buried by the player. I expect to see some shit. Maybe <laughs> squirt some water at a fan or something, you know. But that was funny. Two cups in your face. Uh, going back to – moving off of that, we, uh, we're going to go back to your uh, Dylan Larkin. Uh, so Dylan Larkin gets a free stick. Uh, referee Dean Morton refed his 1,005th and last NHL game before retiring. The game was between the Detroit Red Wings and the Calgary Flames. The Flames beat the Red Wings 3-0, which gave Jacob Markstrom his ninth shutout of the season that game. After the game, players both sorry players from both teams lined up to congratulate and shake hands with referee Dean Morton on his career. In the line was Red Wings' Dylan Larkin and Flames' Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau was behind Larkin and was cup-checking him and messing him around uh, with Larkin. And Larkin, Larkin was... Oh, I keep saying Larkin. Larkin wasn't having it and was seen forcibly grabbing and ripping Goudreau's stick out of his hand before shaking hands with Morton and skating away. I love that because uh, Goudreau was just like... Just the angle and everyone like holding their stick and like shaking hands and here comes Goudreau with like no stick at all. I'll be like... Yeah, yeah. On the on the broadcast, it was funny too. They said they didn't want to point out the fact that uh, he was getting cup checked, and they were like, (laughs) "Oh, looks like uh, Dylan Larkin's taking a free stick, just like (laughs) like he just took it from him for no reason." But it's cool to see. Like, I'm pretty sure I haven't looked into it. I tried to find something, but I I couldn't. I'm pretty sure Goudreau and Dylan Larkin had played together on some of the programs growing up. They're about the same age. Uh, Goudreau's from out this way. I don't think Dylan Larkin's from out here, but um, I thought it was pretty funny to see. 
and apparently this has happened in quite a bit with uh, the both teams lining up to shake referees' hands for for their games. Like some of them have hit their thousandth game or, or retirement ceremonies yeah. and stuff. So um, it's it's weird to see them all intermingle and get in line all I together like, like it that. And- don't like it at the same time because I, I get Goudreau's thing was just funny. He's kind of just fucking with Larkin, but like, say if like end of the game it gets kind of scrummy and stuff, and now you got both teams like combined with each other and like shit talking still going, you know? Yeah, yeah, it could, it could. I mean, I don't think it's like the old days where like you'll see bullshit happen, but um, come playoff times you won't be seeing anything like that. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Um, when when you initially wrote this, I saw a free stick, and it, it made me think of uh, this is like. This pisses me off personally. Like I get it, it's kids, and but this is where my mind went when it came to free sticks. All these fans showing up to games with signs like, "Oh, rock paper scissors, I'll give you candy." Well, I just want free stick, free puck, free this, free that. It's getting like, out of hand. It is like everyone's showing up at the glass with a sign. I'm like, yeah. this is getting stupid, dude. Quit begging for shit. Right. I don't know. I, I think it's cute and it's cool when like a kid gets it, but yeah. it's like when you see the entire like arena is lined with signs about, "I want your I stick. Want stick, I want your puck." Yeah. You know, we're gonna I don't see know. hockey players just like play with their feet, you know, because all their sticks are in the stands, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 so I don't know. Uh, That's just puck, what I thought. Game puck, cool as Puck's shit. Puck's easy, yeah. You know? The, the game pucks are really cool. Uh, I don't know really if they cool. use them in the game or if they're just warm-ups, but they usually have the two teams, the date, and, like, where nice it is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it, look, it's, it's it looks nice really looking. nice. Yeah. Cool little thing to save. Uh, off. so this is going to be our uh, last thing we're going to talk about tonight, unless you have anything else. I got a couple more things that okay, I missed. Okay, cool. But... So let's go to the last thing that I have. Uh, we got good guy P.K. Subban. I got to uh, kind of cut him, cut him some slack because I feel like the past uh, maybe five episodes, we keep calling him Sluban. Yeah, we're roasting him. Yeah, we're going to be roasting him here. Can't roast him on this. Uh, the New Jersey Devils defenseman and the P.K. Subban Foundation will match donations made to the Montreal Children's Hospital in support of Ukrainian children with cancer arriving in Montreal for treatment. The P.K. Subban Foundation started in 2014 to help families who are affected by illness. P.K.'s recent pledge resulted in a $10 million donation to the Montreal Children's Hospital. The hospital showed their gratitude and named the newly renovated atrium after him at, sorry, where he continues to visit to this day. If you'd like to donate to his foundation, go to pksuban.com slash pksf. And if you'd like to donate to the Montreal Children's Hospital, go to thechildren.com slash donate. Uh, this is awesome. I, I This is like the main thing. I want to say main thing, but this is like a big thing I wanted uh, in this podcast and to promote. I think it's, it's just awesome to see PK, PK Subban do this. Yeah, he's a huge humanitarian effort guy. Like uh, he's a piece of shit on the ice, but the guy's really is like the the best class act in the league. Yeah. And the thing that surprised me the most, man, he's been nominated for the King Clancy Award three times, which is um, charitable donations making an impact in your community off the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and he hasn't won it yet, man. Like he's he's That's been insane. doing this since like day one in the league. I feel like, yeah. um, like. A lot of the guys in the league do it, but I don't think anyone does it on a consistent basis and as well as PK does uh, all around. And it's kind of nuts to to me to see he's doing this all for Montreal when he's sti- when he's on the New Jersey Devils. Devils. Now, you know what I mean? Yep, exactly. So I, I think it's awesome. PK's great, uh, great guy off the ice. Mm-hmm. On the ice, I fucking hate him, but that's that's part <laughs> on, of his stick, man. He's doing on, his job. On ice, he's PK Slubon. Off ice, he's PK Slubon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did have a couple side notes here. We'll stay in the NHL for a minute. Did you see that? Um, New York Islanders, New York Rangers game, that Sorokin paddle save was unreal, dude. You oh, saw my that? God, yeah. He said that to me. He just dove out. Yeah, so it was a it was a great pass by Panarin over. 
Um, and he overcommitted to the left side, as he should have. Pass mm-hmm. makes it all the way back, and he, he basically like, kicks his legs out and falls backwards. Paddle hits the ice, and he has it like sealed off, but he realizes he's going to lift it, and he lifts the paddle up a little, goes off the stick and under him and back out, dude. It was insane. It was that was insane. to keep the game tied 0-0 early on. So um, big Sor- Sorokin coming up big there. I think that game went to shootout, and did you say – who scored a great breakaway? T.J. Oshie, right? T.J. Oh no, no, that's um, a different game, obviously. That was a different game, but sa- same, uh, same thing. I think that was Rangers Washington that Oshie scared and scored a nice shootout goal. Because mm-hmm. I don't even know if that Rangers Islanders game went to a uh, went to a shootout. But I, when you texted me, you said it was a, about a different post, I think. But you said T.J. Oshie scored a nice shootout goal. Uh, if you want to keep going, I could probably find it. Uh, the only other thing I have in the NHL is the Boston-Minnesota game this week was awesome to see. Uh, Nick Foligno and his brother are playing against each other, Marcus, on, on the wild. Um, Foligno had his 1,000th game played in 15 season. His father, Mike, uh, Mike Foligno, obviously, played 1,018 games in 15 seasons as well. And they're the second father and son combo to play 1,000 games after Bobby and Brett Hull did it. Uh, his brother, Marcus, also has 659 game played. So Damn. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, the Felinos are great around the league. Like they really stand people up, stick up for their team, and you know kick some ass. So I thought that was pretty cool to see. Um, as for what I said, oh here we go. Yeah, T.J. Oshie. As soon as soon as you finished, uh, T.J. Oshie, I said had a nasty shootout goal too, with zero uh, zero reference of like what I was talking about. So <laughs> well, that's because I blast you with a million posts, <laughs> and like ninety percent of them are memes. And I realized this week, I'm like. Dude, I gotta stop sending Matt memes. Like, <laughs> it, it's funny and all. They're great. We all laugh, but like, I just fill your inbox with memes, memes. and like, I think at that point you just like stop looking at them, and then I yeah. like show you all the shit when you come because here. You know I, what I mean? Because I come in and you're just like, dude, you see this meme? I'm like, no, because I'm scrolling for like actual hockey. Yeah, fans, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So I'm I'm gonna relax a little bit on those. <laughs> um, last thing I had uh, outside of the league in the NHL. So in the ECHL. Um, a couple weeks ago, we talked about a team doing purple ice. I think it was for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Oh, yeah. um, the Reading Royals of the ECHL t- uh, dyed their ice green for St. Patrick's Day. I thought it was pretty cool to see. That what did cool. you think? I liked it. Did you see how they did the blue line, though? They left, like, the know. blue line and, like, a little bit of white so that the refs could see. Oh, okay. Whereas, like, with the purple, like, it was kind of all, kind of all, all the same. Yeah. Um, like, but, yeah. Just I, reminded me of uh, Chicago, uh, Chicago doing the... What, what's that river called anyway? But they dyed it green. Yeah. And it's a, actually a pretty cool sky view of it. We're just like, because the river runs through the city, like middle of the city, and it's all green. It's a perfect uh, perfect day of the year if you're uh, a major corporation to just dump shit in the river. Just <laughs> anything you have radioactive, good to go, dude. It's already bright green. We'll be all right. <laughs> we'll take it. Get away with whatever you want, you know? Oil, anything. Just dump it. <laughs> but yeah, it is pretty cool to see that. So happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. I got to celebrate last night. Uh, I'm not going to be drinking at all this weekend other than this one shot, I think. <sighs> Had my fun. Yeah, I felt it after you that. <sighs> yeah. Like part of you died. Can't, you came. You, you came over today. I had to wake me up again. I was napping upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I got in. Uh, your wife was on the uh, on the porch, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" And she just looks at me. and goes, "He's asleep upstairs." And I was like, oh. "And he goes, she's like, wake him up.' I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But here we are. It's 11.32. Uh, my phone has not blown up, by the way. As we're, as we were recording, uh, I keep looking for, like, NHL news and stats and stuff and, like, try to find, like, you know, some trade, especially trades, but nothing yet. So, yeah, I think you're right. We're a Sunday. Sunday night's going to be that night where we're just going to really start to blow up. 
Yeah, the last thing I have, I just pulled up the official NHL trade tracker for the deadline. Uh, the last one we have is the Brandon Hagel trade that happened earlier today, yep. Tampa Bay and Chicago. So no updates. I was kind of hoping for some breaking news while we record. Something, but, something yeah. cool. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Maybe uh, maybe not. We'll see. I was going to say maybe if, if you see anything good that you want to add before the uh, podcast gets dropped, if there's any good trades. But probably not. I think it's better to just tackle it together next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll so. just tackle it together next week. So. Yeah. Uh, the next uh, episode will be everything we missed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also mentioned to you before we started, too, there's only about 20 games left this season, too. We're getting close here. Crazy how fast that went. It, it, it's kind of boring to me in the sense that the playoffs almost seem – the picture's almost kind of set. You know what I mean? There's yeah. really only, like, three or four teams that are fighting for a wild card right. spot. kind of sucks. Like, the East is almost, like, entirely set. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, that's what we were talking about earlier. Just like yeah. nothing's moving, you know. Yeah. But maybe the West. Talked about the West where LA Kings have really come out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I think it was pretty easy to climb in that division, yeah, though. You know what it I mean? Is. It's Those really guys easy. are getting the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Cal Peterson though on on LA. He's playing really well. I like him. Yeah. I love that to the list too. Fudge Milken and Cal Peterson because there's there's a story on Cal Peterson that uh... Chuck uh, Chuck Quick on there too. I want to see what he's up to. Is he fucking dead? <laughs> Injured. Guy's always injured. <laughs> no, he's been playing. Yeah. But Cal Peterson's sometimes. Guy. sometimes. Sometimes he's been playing. <laughs> All right, let's finish off this uh, actual St. Patty's Day episode. We did a Soco Saint- Caramel. We did a St. Patty's Day episode last week. Yeah, we didn't want to drop reason. it for you guys, you know, after the holidays. So yeah. cheers, buddy. Cheers. Oh, God. Soco Caramel. It wasn't that bad. No, I've gotten, uh, I've grown accustomed to it. We only have a little <laughs> bit left, and I just can't wait to be done with it, man. But we're starting to get grown accustomed to just awful, awful, awful. No more four loco pregames. I got to get you the sour blue razz one this week. I'll, I'll have that for you next week. I, so your your four loco lemonade that I had on here, I left it over at friend Tommy's house. And uh, I purposely, like, left with the, just leaving it on his, like, table, mm-hmm. thinking, like, maybe one day these guys would just look at it and be like, we should drink it. And we're there Wednesday, and it's just it's still sitting there. Yeah. Did he like, say anything about it or no? No, and I didn't say anything yeah, yeah. either. So I just one week up, he's like, going to be like, bro, you got to take this. Get this shit out of my we'll house. I'll completely forget <laughs> that I even left it there and be like, whose is this? And be like, I don't know. It's not me. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, just fucking turn your head. <laughs> Duck. Wasn't me. Oh, shit. Uh, but with that said, uh, want to call us out? Thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. <laughs>